The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to those expressing them and do not necessarily reflect the OSA Foundation Incorporated or any other group or individual. This podcast may contain dialogue or subject material that could be considered for mature audiences only. All aspects of how you play the game and the OSIP Foundation Incorporated are protected by copyright and other state and federal intellectual property laws. Unauthorized use without the express written consent of the OSIP Foundation Incorporated is strictly prohibited. If you're interested in sponsoring how you play the game, please email us at podcast at osipfoundation.org. Your sponsorship may be tax deductible. It was a long time coming. It took, uh, let's see here, well, more than a year, I'd have to say, if not longer. But we finally had an ejection after God knows how long. I, I like, like, I, I want to say, I would say it was almost two years exactly From- since my, for my, since my last ejection. With your oh, oh, oh for me yeah okay yeah what were you thinking I was talking about the ejector seat in my car well I didn't know what league you were to which league you were referring oh okay uh, it was it was the a league of my own oh ah Gina Davis yeah you know what that was a, that was a really lame one should we start the podcast over no no okay well I'll this just is apologize. not no I'm not editing any of this. no I'll just apologize for that joke um. <laughs> And and speaking of apologies, hey, welcome to how you play the game, <laughs> the official podcast of the Foundation Incorporated. Here's truly Jack Furlong with you as we talked about what's going on as far as the world of sportsmanship is concerned. This is the first month, first month, wow, the first episode, the first of, month ever, uh, ever in the history of calendars, which are just diagrams of dates. This is the first episode of the month of June 2021 as life is practically back to normal with just a couple of odds and ends and whatnot, but we're, we're happy to be, you know, resuming normalcy in some way, shape or form. Yeah. Um, it's, it just, Oh God, it feels good. Um, Mm -hmm. so, but even though we're still on online, but that's because of our schedules, it has nothing to do with anything else. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're back. Well, we've been back. What am I talking about? Trivia's back. That's important. That's that's you know? very true. So, so looking every, forward to that. Yeah, everything is moving in the right direction. Uh, as always, you can check us out online with the web address uh, osipfoundation.org. Contact the show via email podcast at osipfoundation.org. Social media is facebook.com slash osipfoundation. Twitter and Instagram at osipfoundation. Hashtag how you play the game. On the screen across from me, as always, the producer engineer, Mr. Sean Ryan. Sean, hello. I'm not going to apologize for anything. That that sounds like a like a drop of some sort that we need to edit out and just no. use, <laughs> use in, you know, I should just be able to click a button and then just have that come out well, at any time. Well, yeah. Yeah, like a mute button. Yeah, exactly. Just like they just, uh, yeah. like they do at the radio stations. Right. It's just it's something where something where you say something and I just click that and all you hear is I'm not going to apologize for anything. Yeah. Did you know that when they bleep out four letter words, do you know what note they use? No, what note? They use B six. Oh. Any B6, particular reason? B six. Uh B six or B five. Um, I don't know, but it's like the universal bleep sound. Oh, it's, it's like, I, I, I'm trying to remember. I think it's B5. 
Yes, B5. They should go with B4 because that would take them back to a time before they said what they had to bleep. Oh. I'm now 0 for 2. <laughs> this this is probably going to be the worst podcast we've ever done. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Let's keep going. Okay, okay. Um, we got some stuff to talk about today. Can I mention something real quick? Please do so. Really quick. Congratulations to Phil Mickelson for winning the PGA Championship. Yes. Uh, the oldest player at 50 to win a major. And um, what a performance. So no. it, it, if, if you guys haven't watched it, it was absolutely amazing. And I would like to congratulate his chiropractor <laughs> for properly adjusting his spine mm -hmm. three times per round yeah <laughs> every six holes set the table up yep and just crack 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 don't talk but, back <laughs> but uh what a what a really awesome performance so from 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 us at the osip foundation uh want to congratulate phil mickelson on his uh on his major win. And I, I didn't realize this till recently. I didn't know if you told me, if you've told me this before, but I forgot. You know, he's a right-hander at everything else except golf. I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Apparently when he was young, his, you know, something like his dad handed him left-handed clubs and that's just what he learned. Huh. So. And his, and his brother caddied for him. Oh. His brother, Tim. Because, and, and if, let's face it, if, if he did not win, Thanksgiving was going to be weird. <laughs> okay. That was going to be as weird as in the uh, Avila household when uh, Al Avila, uh, the general manager of the Detroit Tigers, traded his son Alex Avila from the Tigers to the Cubs <laughs> mid-season. Yeah, that's, you know? uh, that's, uh, that's a pretty big matzo ball there. Right, exactly. Let's <laughs> see. Uh, Son, could you pass the, the mashed potatoes? I don't know, Dad. Can you trade me to Chicago again? <laughs> I was giving you a chance to win. Yeah, and I'm giving you the mashed potatoes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, great. So maybe I'm giving you the mashed potatoes is the title. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. Until I find something better. Okay. Um, I'll write that one down. Okay. You're, you're going to, your title I'm not is. Write, I'm not writing it down. <laughs> So now you've got you've got I'm not apologizing for anything and I'm not writing it down. So that's right. Okay. If we just we're we're just coming up with with nothing but titles today that are yeah, you know this is, very is this episode gonna have any substance at all? I think ever I think we should talk about for the whole episode different titles for for the episode. Okay. And and we should do it. Should we do it in Celebrity Jeopardy SNL style? Famous famous titles and sure. The answer is Gone with the Wind got its title from this book. Sean Connery, Dolly Parton. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, we've lost uh, pretty much all of our listeners. Uh, so, we, yep. um... <laughs> Rated M for immature. Yep. <laughs> oh man. Um anyway, to finish the story from before, the the my my ejection story. Yes. Just get this out of the way real quick since I kind of teased it. Um it's kind of sad actually. 
but we can talk about it because it has some substance. Mm -hmm. So I'm working a 12-year-old game. So these are these are two teams like of like sixth graders. Yeah, somewhere in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe even a couple of kids younger than that. But it's like it's like a twelve U game. So it's any you know it's it's twelve and under. Um, so little little league. Yeah, it's it's okay. the it's the fifty seventy bases. So it's not the little league field, but it's not the big league field. You know, it's right. the it's the midway field that where you can have leading and stealing and blah 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 blah. Gotcha. Um, I think it is an interleague type game where uh, a team from one league is hosting a team from a completely separate league, possibly even a different state, just for a recreational game. You know, I think I think leagues are doing that now in order to get the ki- you know get the kids more games since interest is declining and they only have X number of teams now per league. Um, so I had never seen the, the visiting team before. The the home team, I was like, okay, at least I, I've I've worked this league before, and mm-hmm. I'm familiar with the field, and you know, and all that stuff. Right. So the home team has like eight players, and the visiting team has probably twelve or thirteen. Um, and the home team is just like struggling. Like they got a player or two, but they're they're struggling. I'm like, whatever. You know, you, you go into these games just like. I I know the drill, you know. Right. I, I'm the only guy here. If if they were serious, they would have two umpires on this game, and they only have one. And we're all just kind of you know have, letting the kids have fun and playing the game within the rules. Obviously, you're not going to do anything stupid, but you're just you know it's the it's going to be what it's. There's not be. as much as stake, right? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, you're not keeping track of lineups. You're you know you're asking coaches beforehand. What do you want to do about bulks? Uh, no bulks, just warn them if it's egregious and keep going. And I'm like, okay, you know, fine, whatever. Mm-hmm. So we start the game. Top of the first inning. Second batter of the game. Kid strikes out on a pitch looking. Didn't take the bat off his shoulder the entire at bat. Pitch comes in probably letter high on the outside corner. And Mind you, the pitcher is not throwing BBs at all. He's throwing like lollipops. Mm-hmm. So you're you're Ephus pitches. Yes, if you will. yes, <laughs> purposefully or not, mm-hmm. you know. And and you're just looking at you're you know going in. You're like, all right, I just got to grab what I can grab. Right. So I I grab it and I strike the kid out. Those have to be harder to call. No? Oh, they absolutely are because it's like calling knuckleballs sometimes because mm. you really have to track that ball. You re- you're you're so used to assuming that where a pitch crosses the front edge of the plate is going to be approximately what's you know what's going to be called because of the trajectory of the pitch. If it enters in the strike zone, it's probably leaving through the strike zone. You know, with the possible exception of a breaking ball that might clip just the front edge as it's going down, and you're not calling that a strike unless you're a robo-ump and you are. You're just, mm-hmm. it, you, you know what's a strike and what's not a strike. With these types of pitches, you have to watch them because the trajectory is such, and they're so slow that they might not enter the strike zone at the front edge of the plate. They might enter it a split second after that and then catch all strike zone. Right. You know, and remember the strike zone is a three-dimensional entity. 
So, so you're looking at it and you're like, okay, I got to grab this now. It might not have looked like a strike at the point of contact with, you know, where the, where the batter might've hit it, but that, that caught a lot of the zone. So, so I strike him out. The kid turns to walk away and looks right back at me and goes, that's a horrible call. So I tossed him right away. Hmm. And I started thinking about it almost instantly. I was like, I just ejected a 12-year-old in the top of the first inning of the game. And I'm and I'm kind of like surveying the landscape and whatnot. The kid just kept walking. The coaches didn't say anything. The parents didn't say anything. A coach, the third base coach, who's not the head coach, comes down and says, What did he say? And I told him exactly what he said. He goes, Okay. He pauses, he starts to walk away, he turns back around and he goes, you know, a warning probably would have been better there. And I said to him, no, no, he shouldn't be saying that. And that's when it dawned on me why I reacted the way that I did. Hmm. It's not just the fact that it's the first inning. The strike zone hasn't even been established Don't, don't, you know, you you, you just don't argue with a guy like that in that type of a scenario, you know, like it it takes three innings to kind of get the strike zone established anyway. So I'm like, so that's the first thing I was just like, that was a completely in, if you're even, if you're pro argument, that's not the right time to argue. Okay. And secondly, and this is where it really hit home for me. I was like, I'm not here to tell anybody how to raise their kids, but if a 12-year-old says that to me in the top of the first inning right. as the second batter of the game, he had to learn that somewhere. Yep. Okay? And, and after that encounter with the coach, I didn't hear a peep from any coach or, or, or anybody else until that kid's dad came down from the stands to make a stink. And that told me even more that mm. the, that the, that the coaches were like, this is typical, you know, it's almost like I put, I, I threw them under the bus more so because they're like, great. Now we actually have to deal with this. Right. You know, but I was like, no, I'm, you know, I, I realized almost immediately after that, I was like, no, I have to eject him here because a 12-year-old should not know to say that in the top of the first inning. He, he, he is crying over spilled milk immediately. Right. If he wanted to, to complain about that in the fifth inning, maybe it's a different story. Or at the very least, he should turn around and say, where did, where did you have that? Right. Or even just just a a conversation. Yeah. But even if he's a 12 year old and he doesn't understand that he could at least turn around and say, Oh, come on. Mm -hmm. You know, rather than being demonstrative. Right. And, and, you know, right, right away. Right. Because if he says, Oh, come on, he could be kicking him. It could be like, he's kicking himself. Exactly. It could be anything. It could be anything. Yeah. So he's not projecting it. Right. But when he flagrantly says that's a, that's an, terrible call um and the 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 strike zone hasn't been established and and you know we're early in the game yeah absolutely yeah. awesome yeah i mean yeah. so th- so then 
in the top of the second, the kid, now the kid, after he's been ejected, the, the, the coaches just put him on the bench and have him sit there for the rest of the game. And I'm like, okay, as long as he keeps his mouth shut, that's fine. You know, because of parent supervision and this, that, the other, blah, 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 blah. I was like, all right, fine. And he was keeping his mouth shut. His dad walks down from wherever he's sitting um, because he sees that his son was not was benched in the first inning. You know, basically, he wasn't playing the field. Mm-hmm. And he goes up to his son and says, why didn't you go out for the first, the bottom of the first? And he said, I was ejected. What did you say to that umpire? And he, he said, I told him it was a horrible call. And he goes, and that, and this is all within earshot of me, like directly behind me. Mm-hmm. And the dad goes, and that's all you said? And the kid goes, yes. And so now the dad starts having a conversation with his son, obviously within earshot of me, to say, well, if he's going to get upset over that, he shouldn't be umpiring this game. So now I called time. And I go over and I talk to him and I say, sir, I can hear everything that you were saying. And he goes, I'm having a private conversation with my son. So go back and umpire the game. So now I tossed him. (laughs) So I said, okay, you're gone. You're going to go up to the parking lot that's well beyond this field. And you're going to stay there for the rest of this game. And he goes, or what? And I said, this game doesn't continue until you leave. He says, what, are you going to escort me up there? I said, nope, nope, but I am going to hold this game up until you're, until you're well within reach of this, of this field. So we pause for a minute mm-hmm. while his fat butt waddles up this hill. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. And, and after that, not a word. Not a word. The only thing is when I got, when I knew that I had to go that way to get to my car. <laughs> oh no. So, so when I got done the game, you still I, have your gear on. I still right? still have my gear on. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? I'm, I, I know better. I know better here. I grab my phone and my wallet. I put my helmet down in the car. I get in the car with all my gear on and drive. Mm-hmm. And I drive to a nearby park and I, you know, undressed there. Mm -hmm. And I, it's a good thing I did because as I, as I put the car in drive, I looked in my rear view mirror and there was the guy across the parking lot looking right at me, just standing there staring. Like he's waiting for something. And I was just like, Nope. Yeah. Nope. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing this. I know that you, you know, Call me a coward if you want. I'm a coward that doesn't have a lawsuit on his hands right now. Well, you're you're playing it safe, really. Yeah. I mean, you 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 know, it's such a thankless job, and you know, you know, people only people only pay attention when you're doing it incorrectly. Yeah, you know, it's it's uh, and it can get it can get borderline violent. Yeah, or incorrectly in their eyes. Yeah, you know. An interpretation is is is, is different and in that, their eyes only. Yeah. <laughs> that's all right. I mean, that's there's a, there's a particle of speech there that's driving me nuts. But okay, that's fine. In their eye, yeah, yeah. It's I mean, it's not wrong, but no, yeah, whatever. Anyway, so that's that, well, that's that's nuts. Yeah. What did that the was, kid? What was the kid's reaction when you tossed when you tossed the parent? He said nothing. 
he said nothing. The kid, I think the kid was kind of shocked that no one had ever stood up to him before, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and, and I, I, as I'm walking off the field, I walk off around the, the home dugout and the home team couldn't have been nicer. They were fantastic. The home fans were great. Everyone was mm-hmm. great. And one of the assistant coaches was a cop and said, I got your back. If you need anything, when you walk up there, you oh, know, that's to, nice. Yeah. And I said, and I said to him walking off the field, I said, listen, I understand people are going to disagree with me. I can take that. Okay. But when a 12 year old mouths off like that in the top of the first inning, he had to learn that from somewhere. Right. And that's kind of what we, we have to change. That's, that's where we have to say, you learned, you learned that behavior from someone mm-hmm. which apparently we, we can assume is his father now based upon what just happened and that's that's inexcusable right you know the father wants to throw you know father like son wants to throw these the, the these jabs without con- thinking there's no consequence and we're just you know it's like no there there is a consequence you don't talk to people that way you right. don't have the right to express that type of a demonstrative opinion, you know, to an authority figure. Right. You don't do that to a cop. You don't right. do that to a sitting judge. You don't yeah. do that to a sports official. Or a teacher. Or a teacher. Yeah. You know, you want to disagree with someone, that's fine. You know? But be civil. Yeah. That's the, that's the moral of the story here. I think exactly. You can come up to me and say, I fundamentally disagree with that call. Congratulations. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, you just got it. You got to know how to pick your spots, man. And that's yeah. Neither the time nor the place. Right. Right. So for, for, for 60 bucks cash and two hours of my time, you know, that's not, uh, it's not a great way to spend a Saturday afternoon, but no. it's going to be what it's going to be. Right. So, anywho, um, we can move on to the topic of the day now. Yes. Okay. <laughs> As if that wasn't Welcome it. Welcome to how you play the game. Yeah. <laughs> um. So we had we had a a situation in Major League Baseball in the last week plus that I think has uh, a lot of different angles to it that need to be unpacked and whatnot and examined. Uh, and we're, we're, we're speaking of the uh, situation with the Chicago White Sox and the Minnesota Twins. Uh, to give everybody background on the situation, uh, there was a game in May where the White Sox were in Minnesota and the White Sox were just blowing the Twins out. It was a large, large score, Okay. I think I, I I don't even remember what it was off the top of my head, but it was a it was a double digit lead. Okay. Oh wow. Okay. So so the twins bring in Williams Astadio, who is a utility player, and it's basically a position player pitching. Okay. It's one of those things where it's like we're not bringing in another reliever. I, I love when games get like that. You it's know, fun, it's fun to watch position players pitch. Right. So so at that point. We all, everyone kind of knows that the twins are putting the white flag up. They're just like, okay, we're not coming back from this. So gentlemanly agreement, let's just play it, play it out and we'll see finish, you tomorrow. Finish it out. Okay. Yeah. So the White Sox are up to bat 
and their designated hitter, who's a a, a late blooming rookie with with some traction in the season, uh, Yerman Mercedes, is up to bat. Okay, he works the count three zero. Now, we've kind of talked about this a little bit. You know, the the unwritten rules of baseball, the gentlemanly agreement, if you will, state that in when when the score gets that large. There's certain things you don't do. You don't swing three and oh, you know, you don't hit and run, you don't bunt, you don't steal, you know, you, 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 you sort just... of let the game go. You sort of let the game resolve on its own momentum. Exactly. Exactly. So Tony LaRusa, who is the manager of the White Sox, mm-hmm. puts on a take sign. He literally signals to the third base coach to, to signal to Mercedes, you were to take the next pitch. As if to you know, remind him, do not swing at this pitch. Right. So the manager is telling him to do something. Mm-hmm. Mercedes gets in the box and he looks like he's gonna swing at this pitch. Larusa sees this and gets leaves the dugout by about a step or two and just yells at Mercedes from the bench to the dugout, take, 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 to make sure that there was no miscommunication. Pitch comes in, Mercedes swings, home run. Twins are kind of like, what? Kind of a kind of a jerk move. So after the game. Was it a solo shot? Or... I think it was a solo shot. Okay. Um, after the game, Tony LaRusa is being interviewed by the press. And he he basically throws Mercedes under the bus. And he says. Uh, he disobeyed. He, he, on multiple levels, he, he, he missed a sign purposefully that I gave him twice through both the third base coach and myself coming out to blatantly tell him what to do. And he violated the unwritten rules. And he, and, and he said, this is a matter of sportsmanship. This is a matter of understanding that you don't show up your opponents. Right. Um, you know, he basically said, you know, he will he will face a an in-house penalty, um, you know, stuff like that. Where you know, basically says he'll he'll have to atone for this and yada yada yada. Okay. Now, conversely, the White Sox starting pitcher Lance Lynn was then interviewed after that game. He he got the win that night. And not he the came, not the utility player. No, this is Lance Lynn, the White Sox starting pitcher. Oh, the starting pitcher got it. Yeah. Okay. He he says in an, in an interview. I don't really see the problem when a position player comes in to pitch. It's kind of like all rules are off. All bets are off. It's you do whatever you want. Now he was, I I think he was basically kind of coming to the defense of his, of his teammate, but it was not, it it, it was not a good look. And, and people started saying, but this was the white Sox, right? Right. So you basically what's happening is you've got, dissension in the ranks you've got it and and this is what a lot of people were talking about basically saying you've got an 80 year old manager and you've got young players you know in their gotcha. in their 20s and 30s who play the game differently now so to speak and they think that LaRusse is going to lose that clubhouse and LaRusse is doubling down and saying no no you play the game the right way this is how you play the game you ah. see what I did there? Ah, ah, uh, ah, ah, ah. Yeah. So I'm still training myself as a caddy. Um. <laughs> so, so, but he's basically saying, you know, you don't, you don't do this. 
yeah. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how old anybody is. And LaRusse is basically saying, like, I don't have a problem with celebrations. I, I understand we've got this let the kids play kind of a thing, et cetera. But that crosses a line. So the next day, Tyler Duffy, the, pitch, the relief pitcher for the Twins, throws a pitch behind the legs of Mercedes when he comes up to bat. You know, just incidentally, right. I'm, I'm surprised that Mercedes wasn't benched the next game. I am, I am kind of too. And Mercedes even said, I'm, I'm going to continue being myself. I'm going to do what I do and blah, 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 blah. So I'm, I'm actually a little surprised as well that, that he didn't bench him. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he find him, maybe. you know, internally. Um, you know, I think that, you know, cause I think, I think some of these, these managers look at it and say like, you know, my job is to win ball games and we're a better lineup with him in the lineup as opposed to not. Right. But uh, I understand your point. Hmm. So anyway, so Duffy throws the pitch behind his legs and gets ejected for throwing at him. And he also receives a three-game suspension later, but he's appealing it. Rocco Baldelli comes out to argue he gets tossed as well. He gets a one-game suspension. He served it. Um, after that game, LaRusse is being interviewed again. And LaRusse says, I have no problem with the way the Twins handled it. Again, doubling down, saying, first of all, I would be mad as well if I was in their shoes. And secondly, if you are going to follow the convention of plunking hitters to kind of police, you know, each other on the field, they did it what is considered the right way. You threw it at a guy's legs and it was didn't even hit him, you know, Um, and that's not an endorsement of it. That's that's just kind of relaying what LaRusa said. Right. LaRusa was then also asked about Lance Lynn's comments. And LaRusa basically said, quote, that's why he has a locker and I have an office. <laughs> you know, so do two rights, do two wrongs make a right? <laughs> do two thongs make a right? And silence from the crowd. I'm so, so I'm sure somewhere they do. Yeah. Well, it depends on if they're driving and they can make a right turn. Right. So say what I did. Uh, I'm like over five on jokes today. So, (laughs) so we got a lot to unpack here because, you know, there a lot of people, there are a lot of the younger people saying they, that LaRusse is old and he's doing the get off my lawn thing. And there are a lot of older baseball purists who are saying, no, LaRusse is right. So we kind of have to look at this not from the standpoint of who's right and who's wrong to take a side, but from the standpoint of sportsmanship, the standpoint of where our organization would come down on this. What would we say mm-hmm. about this? And I think the I think the place to start is with Mercedes and say, we, we firmly believe as an organization, what we would promote is that running up the score is poor sportsmanship. Now, the counter argument here that that I've heard is that fans pay to watch p- players play. No lead is ever safe. You know, fan, you know, players should have the right to swing. He didn't break any rules in the game. It was an unwritten rule. Mm-mm, you yeah. know, like all that kind right. of stuff. Right, right. To which I say I understand. I understand, and that's why. Like, I'll go back to the whole thing with uh, fans pay to see the game. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you really want to go down that road, 
we can have arguments and discussions about what fans are paying to see because at that point, if the fans are paying to see a game, don't put the white flag up. Don't bench your best players. When you go to a ball game, you are inherently assuming risk as to what you will see and not see at that ball game. There's no guarantee that the team for which you are rooting will win. There's no guarantee that your favorite player will play. There's no guarantee that rain won't shorten the game. And there's no guarantee that the streaker won't run across the field. There's that as well. There's no guarantee that that a score will get so lopsided that the game is no longer interesting for the last four innings. Right. You're going to pay that money and you're you're paying to enter that stadium and see something happen. Speaking of which, when at what point did this happen in the game? This was later in the game. This was this was late innings. Like seven, eight. Yeah, like after the seventh. I I I want to say it was the eighth or the ninth. Don't quote me on that. Okay. But it was it was late enough. Okay. Yeah. You know? I, I was going to ask because I mean, if it was five or six, maybe a different story. Maybe a different yeah. story. But I mean, especially if well, go on. It's basically garbage time, is what it is. Right. Especially <laughs> once, especially once that that white flag is raised. Okay. Yeah. So, so if you're a paying customer, I mean, here's here's a perfect example in this, you know, almost post-COVID world. You know, they're playing double headers right now that are only seven innings. So, why am I paying? Or, and when I say I, I mean the proverbial fan. Why am I paying the full ticket price when mm-hmm. I'm only getting seven innings? Especially yeah. when. Especially yeah. when I know going into it, like I, I paid for a nine-inning game. The rain is what shortened this game. The rain caused a previous cancellation. So now I've got a double header, and I'm only going to get seven innings today instead of nine. Especially if it's a double admit, a, a, a dual admission, a split admission, right. you know, like a day-night double header. You know, right. it's also kind of like spring training this year when they said teams have the ability to end games after five innings. Why am I paying money to go to see my teams play when I'm only going to get five innings? And I don't know that until day of or day before. I'm not buying the tickets day before. I got to buy these tickets well in advance. Mm-hmm. You know, so when it comes down to money, we're talking out of both sides of our mouths. And there are, there are a lot of people that are saying, okay, we don't like this. Let's invoke a mercy rule. Again, we're not shortening a game to, to, you know, for, for these fans who are paying money. It's just not, it's not right. Okay. We can't use, you know, those, those the, the paying fans argument when we have all these other things inside the well, arena that, that, I, that we have to, we would have to figure out before that. Yeah. And I would say that baseball is a game of indefinites, right? I yes. Mean, you never know how long those five innings are going to be. Mm-hmm. You never know how long those seven innings are going to be. I mean, we've seen nine-inning games that last, what, two and a half hours? Yep. And we've seen nine-inning games that last five hours. Right. I mean, it's – you you can't – hindsight is 20-20. Right. You can't predict this sort of thing beforehand. So, you know, to go along with what you said in the beginning, you assume the risk when you purchase a ticket. Right. You're just – you have to take those inconsistencies into account. There's just no definites. There's no time limit. 
Yep. You don't know how long the game is going to be. You're paying for that unpredictability. Yes. That's the point, right? So there, there's no argument. There's no argument there. Right. On the part of the fan. We're paying fans. We want to see a, a game. Well, I mean, maybe the team should play better. Yeah, exactly. I, I, yeah, like, that's it. <laughs> you know, like I, maybe you should root harder for them. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That goes back to that old the, the old uh, joke in in churches. If I pray a little harder, maybe maybe this person will heal. Yeah, yeah like God works that way. Right. You know. So. Um, and, but yeah. And, and, but yeah. So, so 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 to your point. Yeah. There that that argument is completely weak. Yeah. Um, and, and I and, and to give you an example, you know, I went to the 2008 All Star Game at Yankee Stadium. Okay, I paid. I, I spent my entire stimulus check from George W. Bush to get my ticket that night. Mm-hmm. I got 15 innings of an All Star Game. Okay, I I was there until 1:15, 1:30 in the morning, and I had to I had to hire a taxi to take me home. Because the because I wasn't waiting till the next train at four a.m. Right. So, you know these uh, you, I, I, you just assume that risk, and I got my money's worth. Right. You know. So, so so we can't we can't use that argument, especially since there are so many inconsistencies in it. Mm-hmm. So we go back to the idea of the gentlemanly agreement, and we say, you know, they've raised the white flag. When you bring in a position player to pitch, you are inherently saying, we give up, we concede, we know we have to you know, play this out, so please be gentle. Right. Okay? And you're do what does, you know, call it whatever you want. You want to be the do the right thing and say, okay, we get it. We win. So we're gonna, we're gonna, you know, take it easy on you to kind of, you know, just run out the string here. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've agreed that, you know, you, you don't just don't swing at that three and O pitch, you know, there, there were actually, there was actually supposed to be a rule in place last year before the pandemic hit. And they have since nixed it temp, at least temporarily. Uh, we don't know if it will, if it will ever come back, you know, when they expanded the rosters to 26, there was supposed to be a limit on the number of pitchers you could use, which was going to, you know, you can only have 13 pitchers on your roster. So only half your active roster could be a pitcher. And basically you would be designated either a pitcher or a position player, depending mm-hmm. upon what, you know, you know, your, your status. And you could only bring in a position player to pitch if the deficit was a certain deficit after a certain number of innings. Okay. Now they nixed that because of the pandemic and the shortened season and whatnot. And, you know, they're mm-hmm. still playing with some modified rules and we'll, and the collective bargaining agreement is up after this season. So we'll see what ends up happening. Um, but the fact of the matter is that they were thinking about that, basically saying, we don't want to abuse that. And we will, you know, we'll, we'll, well, you know, if you want to be a two-way player, you have to apply, you know, or something like that, you know, mm-hmm. like like for the Shohei Otanis of the world, so that you know there can't yeah, be right, loopholes, right. you know. Right. So, so they baseball was thinking something along these lines too. 
probably a way to save your pitcher's arms too well that's the whole thing that's the whole thing is they say if we're going to lose this game we're not putting another reliever out there right you know so so we under i understand why they did it but it's just kind of the right thing to do to say you know if if i'm if, if you and i are playing a game and i'm destroying you and the chances of you coming back are slim to none i'm not I'm not going to rub it in. And that's what Mercedes did. He rubbed it in. Right. You know, now if he takes a pitch and then on the three, one pitch, he hits a home run. We're not talking about this. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about this. Right. You know, it's literally, you don't swing three Oh, and the, 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 to make matters worse, he dis obeyed his manager the manager gave him an order and this wasn't you know a you know world war ii type of order this was Mm -hmm. take a pitch right okay so so it's not if you're not with me you're my enemy you're it's your i just (laughs) i need anakin exactly (laughs) i need you to take this pitch and then if you hit a home run on the three one pitch i'll say nothing but i'm telling you take this pitch so you disobeyed authority Right. In, in, a, in a inconsequential game. Right. So, so that in itself, that, that actually probably has more of an issue than anything else. You, you, you're losing the club. You're not losing the clubhouse. The clubhouse is losing itself. Right. You know, don't do that. Right. That's bad sportsmanship. Now, let me ask you this. Okay. So Mercedes is the designated hitter, right? Correct. Okay. Why didn't the why didn't the um the twins elect to intentionally walk him in the beginning? Can't you can't they do like can't they do a sign or something? Yes, you mean the, the, the no pitch intentional walk? Right. I mean, I think it's because at that point that's kind of a fruitless thing. They're basically saying the game is over. We're all going to play under. We all believe we're playing under these gentlemanly rules. We're not putting batters on intentionally. Like there's any strategy to this. We just okay. assume. We just assume that you're going to just go up there and do what we've all conventionally done, and mm-hmm. you know, and go from there. So there's no strategy. There's no. There's no strategy to that. Right. Okay. So you know. So so there's. But yeah, it just goes back to. You disobeyed your coach. And you disobeyed the the unwritten rules of the game, right? And if that makes us sound like the old man saying "Get off my lawn," well, so be it. But we're saying that in the name of sportsmanship. We're saying that in the name of treat others the way that you would wish to be treated. Right. We're saying that in the name of we have examined this convention. We don't just do something because it is convention. We have tried to understand why it is convention. And it's convention because we realize it's the right thing to do. Now, what if, what if, and this is a big what if, they come up with a rule Mm -hmm. that sort of ties into all this. Like if, like you're three and O and you're, you swing at the next pitch, you're automatically out. Or something like that. I think I think you're legislating too much. I yeah, think, you know, I, I know, I know. But like, I'm just, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm like thinking off the top of my head. I understand you. Know? Your, I understand where you're going, <laughs> but don't don't reinvent the wheel here. It's still baseball, yeah. you know. Right. I don't. I just don't. I just don't think that they're going to 
take the unwritten rules and make them written. It's not, it's, that's not what they do. You know, yeah. they, you're, you're not trying, don't, you know, don't slice the bologna too thin, as I always say. It's just, <laughs> it's just baseball. Right. You know, it should it shouldn't require legislation to tell people that kind of stuff. Well, legislation is usually created because of stupid people. Well, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> why do and we I, have why do we have speed limits? Because someone someone somewhere 80 plus years ago decided to drive way too fast off a cliff. And enough people did that to where they had to create speed limits. So it's not the fact that they drove off the cliff. It's the velocity of that speed. Right. If, if you're going to you, drive off a cliff. Do, do it at five, five miles an hour. Five miles an hour. Okay. Right. Gentle roll down yeah. the hill. Yeah. Then burst into flames at the bottom. Like like like, like you're supposed to. Right. Because what, what is this? Amateur hour? Amateur hour? <laughs> Funny enough, I just thought of this. They did let, you know, do you think about it this way? We do have the rule that if you bunt foul with two strikes, you're out. Yes. Okay. So I wonder if someone would, would see, I don't, I don't know where the line is as to the, the intention of that rule being legislated as compared to this type of a thing. Was that a gentlemanly agreement? Or was there some strategic? See, I think that's more strategic than it is anything else. You, you know, the game's going to go on forever at that point. You know, we we can't keep letting them bunt foul with two strikes. Right. You know, um. So, hmm. I just I just don't think that th that it's going to be legislated. I just think that it comes back to this: if a manager tells you to do something and it's not for lack of a better term, against your religion, you do it. Wait. You know, he told you to take a pitch, take a pitch. What if someone has a religion that believes in not taking? <laughs> we will deal with that when we, <laughs> when we get there. Okay. If, 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 if Pedro Serrano shows up and says, Jobu tell me not to take pitch, <laughs> you know, then we'll talk. Because Dennis Haysbert's, you know, busy with those Allstate commercials. And, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know if he wants to revisit that character. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so so that so we start with that. And then we go into the manager throwing the player under the bus. Now, by comparison, a couple of weeks ago, the Phillies had a dust up between manager Joe Girardi and infielder Gene Segura. And they had to be restrained from each other in the dugout. Mm. Okay. Now, in the post-game interview, Girardi declined to talk about it. He said, it's a team thing. I will handle it, and I'm not talking anymore about it. And he, he you know, there, there, there's, some, there's some weight to that because he basically said, I, I acknowledge that something happened, but this is not for the press. This is not for public consumption. This is, this is for within the clubhouse, and we'll right. deal with it that way. You know, whereas LaRussa kind of, you know, didn't do that he said i mm -hmm. you know now now granted you there are you know and i think girardi has a, a little bit of a history with um getting into spats with his own players well because he I, like I him, and, him and aj i think aj uh brzezinski no uh burnett burnett or aj burnett yeah yeah, yep. yeah they were they at did. odds for yep. a while yep um you know uh there's there's a lot of that stuff and he's kind of an old school guy too 
mm-hmm. you know, and there are merits to both things. You know, on one hand, I can see why Girardi would want to keep it in clubhouse saying this is mm-hmm. not for media consumption. And on the other hand, I can see why LaRusso would do it to say kind of vulnerably get in front of it. Like, yeah, it's, it's not good and it needs to change. You know, if we're going to, if we're going to preach vulnerability and whatnot and say, you know, we have to, we have to acknowledge that this stuff is happening, then that's cool too. I, so I can see both sides of it. Yeah. There's a line though. Like there's a, there's, it's a very blurry line because you, you know, you could say on one hand, you can keep it to yourself as to not let it leak and possibly damage the morale of the team. Right. Or you can admit what happened in order to sort of teach a lesson right in sportsmanship which both are like sort of admirable ways to go about it it's just like i think individual circumstances sort of dictate what is the right thing to do in that situation yeah depending on what happened so i could see both sides of it it might, it might i guess if you if you really want to dissect it um maybe what larusso should have done a little bit better was to, to yeah do what he did but just say, listen, it's a, you know, we, uh, I, I'm going to address it. I wasn't happy about it. And uh, I kind of just want to leave it at that until I have a chance to really take care of it. Right. You know, and say, and say, yeah, listen, I, I, I do not endorse what he did. Uh, I told him to take and he didn't take. Mm. Um, I, I will handle it. And uh, let me, let me, you could have just said, listen, let me handle it first. And then pending that, we can talk about it publicly, right? If anything comes out of that, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, okay. you know, rather than rather than anything else, and be, especially because, you know, if you consider, you know, that plunking is is imminent there, mm-hmm. you know, players are going to be put in physical danger. Then maybe he's doing that to say, "Listen, guys, you don't have to plunk us. We know exactly what's going on." I'm not trying to defend my guy here. I'm on your side. So then, then, then it gets on the twins for saying, we, we already said, we're sorry. Right. So you don't have to do this. Yeah. yeah. You know, and we, and we have, you know, we've spoken about this, that the whole eye for an eye thing, the plunking thing where we police ourselves. Yes. It's a convention, but it's pretty stupid. Oh yeah. You know, you want to get back at someone, you go win the game. Yeah. You don't put yourself in that position in the first place. Yeah. And then, you know, there'll be some people who are argue, well, that's the unwritten rules, you know, but it's when you're intentionally caught, when you're intentionally going to cause harm to someone over something that's more than more likely than not trivial. <laughs> sorry, that's not going to fly, you know, um, unwritten rules that are gentlemanly right. are one thing unwritten rules that put other people in harm's way right. or 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 ask them to do things that would go against a moral code is a, are a completely different thing yeah you know that's that's the problem yeah you know this whole you hit my guy i'll hit yours or i'm gonna you the retribution thing that's not that's not gentlemanly mm-hmm. at all so that's that's why we we can we can separate those yeah um you know and and what's funny is that it was mercedes who screwed up but he didn't get punished from major league baseball but the twins did for their retaliation 
you know, and we see this all the time, mm. you know, the person who starts it usually doesn't get the, the, you know, the punishment. It's the person who retaliates who does, right. You know, as if major league baseball has been saying for years, you don't retaliate like that. You don't, you know, it's, 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 he hit me, I'm going to hit you back. You don't, we're, we're not doing that. You know, we're not, we're not, we don't have to stand up to bullies. We're trying to be better than that. Well, then we all need to be better than that. Yep. We all, we, we, we have to be on the same page here and, and we're just not right. You know, um, and Lance Lynn shouldn't be coming out and saying what he said either, you know, and then Larusa kind of, you know, fueled it more by saying, Oh, well, that's why he has a locker and I have an office, which is kind of a, 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 a nice line, <laughs> but that's sort of like kicking the horse. While, yeah. Uh, while it's, it's, a, it's a little better to say, I, I, I will deal with that privately. You know, there's no reason to send a message to him through the media. Yeah. You, he's on your team. You can call him into the office and say, if you ever do that again, you know, you're benched or yeah. I'm fining you or whatever the case may be. Right. Wow. So, yeah, that was, that it was, it was, I, I guess the point here is that we, when we preach these unwritten rules, we preach the ones that do not put people in physical harm's way, and we preach the ones that treat others the way that they would wish to be treated if they were in their shoes. Right. You know, for everyone who has mocked Larusa or, you know, or 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 applauded Mercedes, put yourself in the position of the twins. How would you feel? Right. You know? So and again, this all goes back to, and, and it's not so much the situation itself; it's <clears throat> it's how you react. Right. You know. Okay, one of your players flagrantly disrespected you by not following the the take command, and you're right. You should just say like, "We'll deal with it as we see fit." And next question. Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. like, you know, don't, 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 don't showboat by adding the the unnecessary, like you said, I'll be a clever, yes, but, but unnecessary line of, well, that's why he has a locker and I have an office. I mean, keep in mind that he's winning you games, right? You know, so like you're. You know, when we were talking with um, with Steve Javi, right, and he mentioned like, yeah, sometimes, you know, the, they they keep the players in the game because they they know what's at stake. They want they want it. They need the wins, right? right? Yeah. And that, like and then, like you said, that's probably why he played the next game after he disobeyed the take call, right? Right, or the take command. So uh, it's it's an interesting dynamic. That, that you have to deal with. And there are lots of with which you have to deal. Yeah. And there are lots of, you know, different puzzle pieces that fall into this. It's um, you're, I think you're absolutely right. And I think the, the point I would highlight from what you just said is that, you know, sometimes our emotions get the better of us. Sometimes we don't have the ability in the moment to 
react a certain way. A lot of sportsmanship comes down to the next reaction. It's the subsequent reaction from the initial action that can kind of tell us where, where we're headed with this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, if Mercedes does that, okay, it's not the, it, it, yes, Mercedes violated a rule multi, in multiple ways, okay? But it's almost like there's more to unpack due to the comments after the game yeah. than the initial action during the game, right? you know? Because you know why? The media gets involved. Yep. And now they're asking questions and they're inferring what the and depending on the outlet they project what they think is going on Mm -hmm. to the general audience and that creates even more of a a, a, more of a a, a, well i don't want to say schism but a divide if you will a well i mean that's what a schism yeah (laughs) that's a schism yeah but but more like a well like more like a a whirlwind or like a vortex like things it keeps getting bigger and people keep getting sucked into it and people who weren't even involved are like oh well now i'm interested right and but they're but they're interested for the wrong reasons right so it it i think the media definitely and like like i said in the very beginning media is that fifth entity Mm -hmm. right that involves sportsmanship in every way, shape, or form, no matter what happens, they wind up getting involved somehow. They do have to play a role. They are yep. the ones who are covering the sport, you right. know. But the media and and what has fanned these flames even more is that the media, rather than just reporting what happened, and even I'll give them, you know, asking the post game questions and reporting what the you know the players and the managers and the personnel all said that's fine how many of these people then are offering their opinions and you know editorializing and opining about this and saying larusa was wrong no mercedes was wrong it's like no 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 your job in the media unless specifically stating that you are here to edify and opine is to simply tell us what happened in an objective way you were not here to create a blog just because you have an opinion and access Mm -hmm. to the internet. Right. Okay. So if we, we, you know, and, and perhaps we can then put that responsibility on ourselves to say, talk about reaction and subsequent reaction or action and reaction. We may not be able to control the media's response to this. They're going to do what they're going to do. We have the ability as the consumer to be mindful of this and say, I am not getting sucked into this. I am not going to formulate my opinion based upon what someone else is telling me as their opinion. Right. And nine times out of 10, the rumors that circulate and the falsified stories are often way worse than the truth could ever be. Yep. You know, it's probably like, you know, it, it's you, 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 the, the truth is always like when it comes to something like this, it's always just like, oh, that's what happened. Yeah. All right. Well, we're making a mountain out of a molehill. Exactly. Because it's just snowballing yeah. 
and getting worse and worse when it really was just literally one thing. The yep. dude didn't obey his manager. That's it. And you move on. Yep. You move on. And you learn from it. Yep. You know, that's the thing. Like, it, 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 just play the game. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, don't, 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 don't go into, don't showboat. Don't go into, you know, poet and prose here. <laughs> don't, it's not a horse and pony show. Just play the game. That's it. And, and, and you're, and like you, like with your original story, that kid, that 12 year old kid had to learn it from somewhere. Yep. And this is where they're learning it. So if you just play the game, <laughs> that's what people are going to see. Yep. Right. So yeah, I, it I, 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 it's, it's truly amazing at what, what just like little things that, that people can say or do as a reactionary to something else can blow up into this huge thing that people are going to wind up forgetting about it anyway. How nuts is it that instead of talking about how your mean Mercedes is this breakout rookie in his late 20s finally getting a chance to play and could be an all-star, instead of talking about that, we're talking about him disobeying a manager. Right. You know, that's, there you go. Uh -huh. Just just play the game the right way. We're mm -hmm. not talking about this, and we can continue to laud you for how well you're doing. Right. Yep. Yep. So that's that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad we talked about that. That that took some turns that I, I really did enjoy and appreciate because I think yeah. it, 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 it ensnared some stuff that I think was really, really important and and led us to some some bigger and grander points See, now we made a big deal of it because that's our organization that's what we have that, to do that's what we have to do yeah okay so just just putting that disclaimer out right there. but but i <laughs> but i enjoyed the discussion because you know i did not expect it to go in some of the ways that it did but you know like an improv game you took it and said yes and and then i said yes and and we went mm -hmm. back and forth and we got some stuff out of that that i thought was really really good right so i enjoyed that yeah, me too. and uh, and hopefully I won't have to eject any more twelve-year-olds and their fathers. Yeah. So, I gave that up for Lent years ago. How's that working out for me? <laughs> Not well. Well, anyway, Sean, thank you. This was great as always. Yep. Um, we will talk to everybody in a couple of weeks, and uh, as always, remember Facebook.com/slash OSA Foundation, Twitter, Instagram at OSA Foundation, hashtag How You Play the Game. The website is OSAFoundation.org. The email address is podcast at OSAFoundation.org. And until then, ladies and gentlemen, please treat each other with respect. How You Play the Game is a production of the OSA Foundation, Incorporated. The producer engineer of this episode is Sean Ryan. Music by SoundSpring Studio. The executive producer of How You Play the Game is Jack Furlong. For more information, visit osafoundation.org.